So happy birthday, Mike. Thanks.、Uh, happy birthday, Sarah. And to all our listeners,、uh, a very happy birthday to you whenever you, you celebrate.、Hmm. It was this week. Yeah, yeah. Birthday on a, on a Tuesday.、Um, so I、uh, worked, worked right through it and、hmm. uh, gonna have a little cake with some friends、uh, tomorrow, Saturday. If,、uh, Yay! The news doesn't continue of all my friends have COVID.、Uh, oh. It's been the theme of last week. Oh, no. I'm sorry to hear that. It seems to really be around again in a heightened way. Although it's not,、yeah. you know, I was looking at the, the data to see, you know, wow, we must be in a spike because, you know, my own parents、uh, just had it for the first time、oh, last、no. week. And,、uh, My partner's mom had it for the first time right before that. And,、oh. and then it's just been going through all of our <laughs> friends and acquaintances. And、mm-hmm. it's like any, any graph of any data that you can find, there's like, I mean, the, the wastewater data, which is, was kind of the last thing that we, we had,、um, doesn't, isn't reflecting,、uh, or at least as of a couple days ago, the last data that had、uh, made it into the state portal、um, for publication. There was no, no appreciable spike、oh. in, in COVID and in the sewage. And、uh, I looked at the, you know, the, what the old data source was for you know, how, many, how many tests were there. And it was like, there was just literally no, nothing for Montague. Whoa. It was like, there was like blank space for 100,000 people. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, I keep on thinking I must have COVID, you know, because I'm like, oh, I have a sore throat. I'm tired, whatever. So I test. I mean, I don't test that often. I test maybe like once a week or something.、Um, and usually it's like before I'm about to see a bunch of people inside. Like I test it before Thanksgiving and stuff. And、um, I still haven't gotten a positive test. So I've been very lucky. But I'm wishing everyone good health and recovery. I hope everyone's parents recover.、It、sounds like very unfun to get. Yeah, I mean, it's just we all, we all wish it wasn't still happening, I guess. Yeah.、Uh, what's on our plates today, Sarah Brown Anson, the、uh, <laughs> producer of the Monica Reporter podcast? Oh, yeah, we should probably introduce ourselves. Yeah, I'm Sarah. I'm Mike Jackson. I am the managing editor of the Montague Reporter newspaper,、uh, which is、uh, the newspaper affiliate of the Montague Reporter podcast. Yeah, I'm happy that we're here. It has been a little while since we recorded, but I'm glad we're back at it and going to dive into some news topics. But first, we have an Ask the Editor question. Ask the editor. Ask the editor. The editor. Um, we, I actually sent you two options, and I think that you wanted to talk about the search for more news reporters. Yeah, this is a,、uh, a boring perennial kind of thing, but it's always good to, to talk about.、Um, yeah. We always need,、um, but right now also need、uh, more people who want to write. You know, it's a many hands make light work kind of thing. We don't have a staff per se. Uh, we have a small cadre of people who write regularly、uh, every week or every two weeks. And then we have a、uh, large kind of support network of people who sometimes、uh, plug in monthly columnists and stuff like that, too. But、um, what, what I've been looking for now and kind of talking about looking for is more people who want to kind of be stringers,、um, you know, occasionally, maybe once a month. 
maybe once every two or three months, uh, get a pitch for a news article and either try and try and spend a few days doing it or a week in a few days, mm-hmm. <laughs> turn something around. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's just, you know, I'm getting a little frustrated um, watching some tips and, and news leads go by because, um, you know, we don't have uh, enough people to throw at them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if you want to be a journalistic cannon fodder, uh, you don't need to particularly have any any skills. Um, handy with a computer is is uh, one thing. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the rest is kind of um, teachable. <laughs> Well, com- common sense and time management, and the rest is teachable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, common sense and time management. Yeah, that's pretty important, it seems like. Any any journalism is basically answering a question, you know, mm-hmm. what's with this bridge that seems broken? Or, you know, what something like that. What, what's with this? Like, if ever you find yourself wondering, or if ever you find yourself asking a, a friend or neighbor, hey, do you know anything about why, you know, so-and-so uh, closed? Or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and you think it might be of, of broad interest, then consider, you know, instead of just wondering or just asking around, consider asking around with the force of the Montague reporter be behind you. You can mm. you can call the power brokers yourself as long as you pitch it to me and I approve it. And then you can say, hey, I'm writing an article for the Montague reporter. Yes, it's so official. About... Yeah. And then uh, it opens doors and mm-hmm. sometimes windows. I love your pitch. Um, maybe sometime I'll write something. <laughs> I wrote one thing, but your your last one was actually yeah, it was a, it was a really good example. You were like, "How walkable is it to get from where I live in Greenfield to downtown Turner's?" Mm-hmm. And then you just literally set out on the investigation, and it was just describing what happened and describing <laughs> where the where the kind of obstacles or pain points were in that, mm-hmm. and then a little bit of follow up. A um, little bit of asking around to the experts, and then you know you kind of are inviting the the reader along with you, and and they can have their own analysis. But you know, I mean that that's kind of like ideal community journalism. And oh, uh, thanks a, a for the encouragement. For, <laughs> well, I mean, not just you, but it's like yeah. it, it really it really can be that simple. Like, mm-hmm. what what is the experience of mm. X? You know, mm-hmm. and that could be. Um, hey, uh, what's this new restaurant like? That gets a little tricky because um, we don't want to just give a bad review to someone who's trying to make food for <laughs> or something. But, yeah, you know, it's a little little too small a town for for you know like reviews, reviews sometimes. Mm. But yeah, I mean, if if there's anything that is of interest to you, um, it may be of interest to one of the other 10 or 20 or 30,000 people in uh, these communities, depending on whether we count Greenfield. Great. So if people are interested, should they email you? Editor at montaguereporter.org. You can also call, uh, a little clunkier, but, you know, call 863-8666, leave a message, and it'll it'll get to me. Mm-hmm. The reason I asked this question is I was looking at A1 this week, um, which was the November 30th, 2023 edition of the Montague Reporter newspaper. And I was like, oh, I don't see an article by Mike on A1 this week. I wonder whether that's just a coincidence. Sounds like it's a coincidence, but you tell me. 
Good point. Good question. These things all all run together. I think it's a uh, overdetermination is the <laughs> the technical term for you know why why is a thing like this. Um, but uh, this was November thirtieth, um, the week after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, and Thanksgiving week we take off publication. Mm-hmm. So one of the things about this issue is actually that it had been two weeks since the previous edition came out. Mm. Which meant, and here's the behind the scenes how the sausage is made um, for this. It meant that like all of the the kind of meetings that we cover happened. And there was like some other stuff that also piled up. And so I was pretty down to the wire trying to figure out if I could hold the addition to our standard 16 pages or if I needed to crack it open and add two more pages in. Mm-hmm. And the closer to deadline, the page count changes the more difficult and chaotic a process it is so it ended up being a real squeeze wednesday and there were some things that were in but that i had to just cut out i don't know if you noticed the 10 20 150 years ago this week column just wasn't in there either Mm -hmm. that was something that was all done and edited and on the page that just get oops and didn't run maybe we'll smush it together with next week's next week but um you know it might have just been left in the cutting room floor mm-hmm. a couple other things um minor things got cut and a couple other things got bumped into next week and in that whole process it was also like okay i can just fit all these pieces um i had also you know gone to a school committee meeting and i made the call partly because you know it hadn't been ri- written yet um, that I'll just roll some of what I learned at that meeting into future coverage. So mm-hmm. I was originally on the roster for writing something, but uh, I didn't. And I w- would also, that's a good reminder, if anyone wants to cover the Gilmana Youth School Committee, let me know. Because <laughs> it, it, it was my birthday. It was my birthday oh. <laughs> this time. And I was sitting on a Zoom uh, listening to uh, sometimes totally interesting, uh, you know, school district governance uh, minutia and... If you do it, I would, I would fill in on your birthday. That's that's what I'll tell to the person <laughs> who might might take that spot. Well, that's very kind of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that I hear you talk about having too much content for the number of pages fairly often. I kind of assume that your problem would be the opposite of looking for more content but it's super interesting that you often have too much for the number of pages yeah Yeah, well i mean there's a lot going on around here in the spring and fall Mm -hmm. and then in the summer in july and august we go down to bi-weekly publication so that that's the same problem Mm. as the thanksgiving problem that's we've got two weeks worth of of you know whatever stuff to fit into into one weekly edition Mm -hmm. uh and I think that was a lot last time you kept hearing me complain about it because yeah that that's that's the general July, July August um, cycle and you know mm-hmm. maybe I should just grow up and schedule the week after Thanksgiving to be an eighteen pager ahead of time <laughs> next year. Mm. Um, but the the winter time you know January February is when when we typically have the opposite problem where you know there's page space and some mm-hmm. of that's you know someone will be working on on things and then uh, it's a time when a lot of people get sick um, mm. or just doing other stuff hibernating 
yeah, I've used that word today. It's like starting to become hibernation season. So it is shotgun season. Oh, hunting season? Well, I mean, shotgun season specifically. Yeah, November 27th to December 9th. Uh, yeah, Nina put it in local briefs. Hunting season generally is, is longer, but uh, the little shotgun pellets go in more directions. Uh, wear orange, folks, if you're out. Um, if you're out in the woods uh, by yourself, try to make a little more noise than you ordinarily would. Wear a bear bell. Those are popular. Yep. <laughs> Just practicing. Hey, bear. Yep. Hey, bear. Um, I am a TikTok uh, user, viewer, and a few months ago, I, I TikTok is notoriously um, sticky, meaning, you know, if, if it thinks that you are interested in something, it'll just keep trying to feed you that. Mm. And so I, I watched a couple of, you know, videos people took as bears were approaching them on trails. <laughs> the point of view of walking backwards while a bear walks forwards at you um, and then... You know, there's just, the, hey, bear, <laughs> hey, bear, uh, very stressed out uh, narrator. And, and I just kept getting all of these videos after one after the other and all, almost to the point where it plagued my dreams. But um, yeah. mercifully, just I realized that if I got one of those things, I just had to I just had to immediately go to the next video so that TikTok would learn that my preferences had shifted. That sounds like a recipe for just like adrenaline, like pumping through your system while you're watching TikTok, which the algorithm probably likes that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the ideal social media user. <laughs> Nervously scrolling. Oh gosh. Hey, bear. Hey, bear. So let's jump into news. Hopefully, this won't be too adrenaline-pumping news, and hopefully it won't put people to sleep either. Do you want to talk about fair and reuse ideas? Yeah. Well, this is next chapter in, in a story that we've been covering now for a few solid years. Mm -hmm. They tore down the fair and care center uh, down in Montague City old hospital. It's, it's a big, it's, a, it's like a eight acres, um, mm. and... Uh, in the middle of, um, or, you know, where the village center of, of Montague City was uh, mm -hmm. is, is a different question. A uh, writer, Jeff Singleton, was, was kind of pointing that out to me uh, just this week. But, you know, it's, it's in the part that you'd be driving through anyway. And it's going to be um, donated to the town. And the town, therefore, is uh, doing, you know... Uh, process with with consultants and public input as as you do when you're a town and have a big decision to make uh, about what what to do with it mm -hmm. and so there have been you know consultants doing studies and, and holding events where they try to get people to come and, and people have been coming because uh, unlike a lot of the there's so many kind of grants going on right now in these towns and, and they all come with you know some point where there's some go out and, and try to get the input of the public and kind of ends up being a usual suspects thing sometimes but but this has been you know something that there is a lot of public interest in um and they had a couple of weeks ago um the second big uh, public presentation over at the discovery center it was a wednesday night i was working on the paper so i kind of 
stopped in, grabbed a piece of free pizza, and uh, checked in with my colleagues at Montague Community Television to make sure that they were taping it. Mm-hmm. and uh, moved on with my life. But um, we did then cover it in this week's paper. Uh, Jeff Singleton wrote it up um, and tied it in with a couple of, couple of other things. What did you think of, of, the, of the piece? What did you learn? Well, said there were 70 people there, so that's great that there was such a great turnout. And it looks like there's like different scenarios for having housing there, having commercial space or like professional offices or doctor's offices. But it does sound like there's going to be buildings there. It's not just going to be completely open space, um, which was interesting. I wasn't sure about that. And yeah, currently it's zoned general commerce or something like that, um, which means that it's not zoned for housing on the ground floor level, so it might need to be rezoned. Yeah, that's kind of what I got out of it. And it sounds like there was some feedback gathered and people sounded positive about um, reusing it for the purposes I just mentioned. You know, housing, offices, commercial space. It could be a nice little new center of Montague City. Yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely going to be a big change for Montague City for the neighborhood there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever is decided, whatever is built there is going to be of of big consequence for the neighborhood. And there were less dense and more dense um, Mm -hmm. kind of uh, designs drawn up. The two concepts were put a park in the middle and don't put a park in the middle. Okay. And then there was was like fewer people get to live there or a lot of people get to live there. Mm-hmm. Or a medium amount, <laughs> so they're kind of yeah. six uh, six basic ideas, and you know, I mean, you could look at that as something that's just kind of like to try to gauge. You know, you're putting a finger in the wind when you, at this stage in the process, put out drawings like that. You know, and seeing, you know, if neighbors are like, oh my god, three story apartment buildings, you know, um, and and flip out, then that's something to bear in mind anyway, and. Mm. You know, I mean, it sounds like um, the general consensus is pretty much everyone thinks, yeah, I mean, we need more housing around here. Yeah. And it's also, you know, the, the town can decide what it ideally wants, but it's not like the town's going to build it, right? It, it's right. going to be a, put out a request for proposals and, you know, there would probably be some range in there and some leeway in there mm-hmm. as well and, and kind of see who is out there who wants to, to take the opportunity to build something. It sounds like it's in, you know, decent shape. Um, Trinity Senior Communities uh, agreed to do uh, an environmental study, um, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that they weren't handing over a, a terribly toxic um, lot. Nothing untoward was, was dug up that we heard of during the, the demolition and excavation and things like that so far. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think this is going to be be a story that we're covering for, for quite some time. Yeah. Let's jump into the Irving because that's yeah. basically the same kind of thing. It's a smaller property in Irving side. It's, you know, near uh, where the town has, has recently done a couple of big projects, built a big new library mm-hmm. and built a big new senior and community center. So it's in that little zone. Um, there's, there's another parcel and, uh, the talk for a while has been, you know, can we get senior housing here or something? And the town put out a request for proposals 
and it sounds like received uh, one back and uh, Keith Waters, um, you know, covering the Irving Select Board meeting this week, um, did a little write up, but, uh, you know, it sounds like it is a generally favorably viewed proposal and <laughs> the developer is uh, RDI, which is uh, mm-hmm. Rural Development Incorporated, which is actually the housing authority. Yes. Uh, Franklin, uh, there's, there's Franklin, six letters on the acronym. Franklin, Franklin County, County Regional, Regional yeah, Housing, housing and, and Redevelopment Authority. Authority. So this is the, the redevelopment kind of um, arm is the, the word people always yeah. use uh, of um, the Housing Authority. I think it's got its own board, which, you know, I mean, but substantially overlaps in management and, yeah, is just kind of the, the tool for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um They've been talking about, you know, uh, being more proactive in the development of housing um, and o- opened up this past year uh, down in Sunderland, this, this big uh, complex of, of senior housing. And um, they're touting that as a model that can be built in more places in the county. <laughs> and this that they're doing in Irving is, is a, you know, the proposal is smaller than that um and you know it would be like uh basically you know affordable affordable housing um Mm -hmm. people are are nodding heads so far and and i think once again you know i don't know too much more than that i haven't taken a look at that proposal yet myself but you know i mean we're definitely following it following it with interest i think all, all of the all of the housing um development stories are pretty interesting to to me and to a lot of our readers yeah uh, because yeah it's just it's been a really tight housing market these last couple of years yeah it's been super tight and i think it's like gratifying that policymakers in the area are realizing the need for housing and doing something to address it of course everything happens slowly when you're talking about building things so um it's a current need it's also projected to be a future need but it will only be addressed in over time you know I just wanted to read uh, or like mention what the proposal would consist of. So this uh, proposal from Rural Development Inc. would consist of 18 one-bedroom units for ages 62 and up and six two-bedroom and two three-bedroom units, which would be for mixed mixed ages. So it's not a huge amount of people would be housed but it definitely considering the size of Irving it's big I don't know whether it's fair to say it's yeah, big yeah I mean it's, it's, it's 36 it's, units yeah yeah and what, what did we say the range was for the the Farron one it was like 22 to 100 and... 168 or something yeah yeah I was up there I think that the there was also we didn't run the the population count but I think mm. the max number there was 360 mm-hmm. so I, I might be surprised if 360 people are suddenly living there. That would be a, a real a, a real change. That would be a big change. That would be a big change. But you know what? We need it. And we'll see what ultimately happens because this is just a vision statement. It wasn't necessarily identifying that it would happen um, to that scale. Just that there's room for it. If 360 more people are going to be living um, on that parcel in, in Montague City, we should we should um, rebuild the electric trolley um, mm-hmm. that goes from downtown Turner's to, to Greenfields. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for trolleys. 
I'm also all for funiculars. People have mentioned that word a couple times in the Montague Reporter, and that has surprised me, but yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, if you spend a lot of time on uh, <laughs> this side of the river looking up at that ridge yeah. that's between us and the, uh, our, the major population center next door, mm-hmm. <laughs> it starts making more sense. So I wanted to talk about the talk that's happening around districts merging. And I know you have covered the Gil Montague School District, but these two articles on this topic were actually written by Jeff Singleton um, because they've been, well, one was a public meeting to discuss uh, financial implications of merging. And then the other article was a coverage of the Montague Select Board. Yes. Another long time thing, mm-hmm. but also one that, that's entering a new a new phase, new chapter. Mm-hmm. We've got these two regional school districts here. One's Gill and Montague, and one is Leiden, Bernardston, and Northfield, Pioneer Valley District. Which um, um, I grew up in that school district, by the way. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the numbers of students has significantly declined since I was a student there. Were you in elementary school in that district? Yeah, I was in elementary school in Leiden, which that school has since closed. And then I went to Pioneer Valley Regional School for a year. That was like a huge change going from Little Leiden to the big Pioneer Valley school. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, all the towns do, um, you know, when they they have them, really want to retain their elementary schools. Mm -hmm. when that's on the table, closing a school, mm-hmm. that, that's always a really difficult mm-hmm. thing for communities to go through. And last year, Warwick, which was the fourth town in Pioneer Valley, left the district after the school committee, the Pioneer School Committee, um, voted to close its elementary school. So mm-hmm. in order to keep it open, um, yeah, they've gone their own way. So because of that, um, this, this whole study process for a six-town you know, it's the six town regional planning board. Um, now, it, what's funny is that half of the models that they're looking at are five town because they don't know would Warwick want to rejoin. Um, hmm. And this is um, inside baseball, but you know, it, there's no way in Massachusetts to merge two regional districts. It's that the towns have to reconstitute a new district. Um, but then there are some things that would be expected to shift over from one or both of them in terms of, you know, the uh, pay scales <laughs> with the union contracts. It's a, it's a big, there's a lot of moving parts, you know, if, if, yes. if this were to happen. And so it's a yes. multi-year process of, of study. And um, yeah, I mean, so far they've now gotten through, well, you know, I mean, gotten as much as they can through the guessing what would happen with money part. Mm-hmm. For people just new to this, um, they are talking about keeping all the elementary schools as is, wherever they are, mm-hmm. um, which does create an interesting question about that that Warwick one. Um, but what would happen is is they'd make um, probably Pioneer uh, the middle school, and then they make probably Great Falls Middle School, Turner Falls High School the high school, 
is is what I've heard. Or I guess they could do it the other way around. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, one one big middle school, one big high school, and um, so it's how much how much would it cost to run that? How much aid from the state do people guess would be coming as part of the budget? Which you know is wizardry. You know, re- reading entrails on a cauldron um, and. Third, um, how do the remaining costs get split up fairly among the towns that do participate? So um, it's really technical and it would affect a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just want to mention that there was like an outside consulting firm that did all of this like financial analysis and presented it at a meeting. Jeff reported on the meeting on November 16th, but... Yeah. Uh, It sounds like in different scenarios, different towns would either financially benefit or um, financially suffer. (laughs) But yeah. Um, So it's it's turning a corner now because there's some numbers up and they, broadly speaking, don't look disqualifying. Mm -hmm. So the, the two kind of big study steps so far is do we think that it would be good for education? And that one came back with, you know, everyone saying, uh, yeah, probably, right? You mm-hmm. get you get um, more students so you can run more classes, run more AP classes and electives and, and all these things that, you know, w- once you get into this kind of like uh, enrollment uh, death spiral, you know, uh, where you're taking away services and then students are are leaving for for greener pastures and so then you get less aid from the state and so you know you have to lay some teachers off and and it's just really that's the that's the 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 danger you know with um the way uh education is set up in this country yeah um and and state and so you know i should add that um gil montague is actually while not without its challenges um they uh, have, in the last just couple of years, stabilized enrollment. There was a, a pretty steep slide for a while, and who knows if that'll start again or, or be reversed um, without this happening. But, you know, I think um, when we say these districts are both in, in really dire straits, uh, these, you know, kind of spirals, um, that, that was the case when, when everyone started this out. But, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that of at least of Gilmanigu, um at this point. Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. Thanks, Mike. Um, do you want to do a joint non sequitur? Do you want to talk about the wrapping paper edition? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did put out a wrapping paper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what we did over the Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Um, I got out of state, actually, for a couple of days. And Good then, for you. Uh, yeah, came back and uh, ended up somehow doing an all-nighter after all. Um, oh, the printer wanted it earlier than I think I hoped. So I was mm. like, well, I guess I should just do all the work <laughs> before I get home. So, and yeah, it came out well. This is the third time we've done a fundraiser wrapping paper project mm-hmm. uh, on that Thanksgiving week that we don't do a normal newspaper. Um, our standard 16-page paper is like eight sides of paper. Mm-hmm. Um and we, we just use that format and we kind of use our time at the printer to run copies of uh, seven local artists designs for, for wrapping paper. And then we make a, a cover page in-house and it's out now. Um, you can buy it on our website, montaguereporter.org. 
Slash wrapping paper. Slash wrapping paper. Yes. I mean, if you just go to the front page, it's also just sitting right there. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, slash wrapping paper if you are uh, really feeling dedicated about going right to the page. Um, yeah, we had some people on our Facebook um, page trolling um, about this project uh, for the first time, which was thanks for the engagement. Oh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I was not aware of that. What a bummer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, yeah, it's uh, a little bit off the wall, so you know, hard to hard to take seriously. But mm-hmm. one of the people, you know, it, it's a fundraiser. Uh, one of the people was like, you know, these are five dollars a piece. That's like that's that's a lot of money. Um, uh, I will say, like, if you want a copy of this, and five dollars is prohibitive, um, we probably would end up with extras and if that's really the case get in touch editor at montagyreporter.org um money's stupid <laughs> but yeah. uh the rest of you uh, give us your money and yeah. uh <laughs> so yeah they're at a bunch of local shops you can see that on on the site too um should i read the holiday events where it's gonna be for sale sure yeah, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. The Leverett Crafts and Arts Holiday Sale is happening um, December 2nd, 3rd, 9th, and 10th. And then there's It's a Wonderful Night in Turner's Falls at the Brick House Holiday Pop-Up on December 8th and 9th. And guess who is going to be the one selling the wrapping paper at that? Um, I don't know who. Me. Wow. It's going to be me if you want to come. Yay. and. Um, uh, yeah, complain about the podcast. It'd be a really good time. Mm-hmm. That's going to be in downtown Turner's Falls, December 8th and 9th. The Wendell Holiday Craft Fair on December 8th and 9th. And yeah, and there's also a bunch of local businesses you can buy the wrapping paper edition from too. And on the website. So tons of places. Um, should we read the names of the local artists who are featured Read them. Okay. Sarah Adam, Joanne Bell, Silas Klish, Anne Falheimer, Piper McMahon, Sam Guerin, and Kelly Jewell, and Heather Katsoulis. Sorry for pronouncing your names wrong if that was the case. Thank you for listening to the Montague Reporter Podcast. My name is Sarah Brown Anson. I'm the host and producer. I'm Mike Jackson, the managing editor of the Montague Reporter newspaper. Stella Silbert is our podcast editor. Thank you, Stella. We would love it if you would review this podcast or, even more importantly, tell a real friend about it. You can also support the Montague Reporter newspaper by buying the wrapping paper edition, which is a fundraiser. You can read the paper, you can subscribe, and you can donate. We also have our annual campaign, our our writers um, campaign is going on. So um, if you make a general donation right now, it'll be earmarked for paying writers in the coming year. Thanks to Blue Dot Sessions for the music and uh, thanks to Greenfield Community Television for their technical support.